Welcome back. It is state champs, Indiana Extra Point, presented by Lawrence Technological University. Greg Rakestraw, Bob Stambazzi Baz. How you doing, my friend? Hey, just wonderfully well on this gorgeous day now in the mid-70s. It is football weather. Yes, it is. Now, I want to make sure I get this properly done for the podcast. Presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100 degree programs offered at a university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. When I want to find out more about high school sports in Wabash, Peru, all the way up the U.S. 24 corridor to Fort Wayne, Baz is my guy. So, Bob, what game did you have on Friday night? Well, we uh, were at Norfield on senior night as the Norse uh, hosted a Tippy Valley Vikings. And Tippy Canoe come in there. Uh, losers last week to Culver Military by the score of 13 to nothing. Uh, but they come in there with a couple of buffet boys up front at 368 and 373 pounds, both 6'2". Now, the Shepherd kid is their running back. He is their stud. Uh, make no mistake about it. But he was injured. So Alex Kraft came back this week, who was hurt the prior week against Culver. He had a day. Uh, the kid's 6'2", 173 pounds, and Norfield had no answer as Valley came in there and defeated Norfield 18-10. Uh, to 10. Score says, hey, one score and the game's over. But it was not a very well-played game on Norfield's side, and Coach Baker a little upset after the game about the execution of his kids. He says, well, we do it all week, Greg. We can't do it tonight. But uh, uh, this is a Valley team that I think could make some noise in conference play when we really get going. The highest-ranked team that you have in your regular footprint is going to be the team you saw in week number one, Southwood. Uh, right. After going all the way over to Knox and beating a solid 3A club, they backed it up with another win. Uh, when the AP polls come out, they'll probably be in the top five in 1A uh, coming up this week. Uh, what did Southwood do on Friday night? Well, Southwood also uh, was at home. That They took on Oak Hill. And this is a great rivalry between the two teams, straight up uh, uh, State Road 13. This is a game Coach Snyder says, if I, there's a game i got to keep on my schedule, this is the game. Not even a conference game, not even a county game. It's Oak Hill. And uh, Southwood uh, defeated Oak Hill really handedly, 35-13. Uh, uh, Oak Hill got on the board late, Greg. Uh, but, but Alex Farr, again, the quarterback having a good night. Uh, they were able to run the football this week much better than what they did last week. And their defense, uh, there's no one guy you're going to say, hey, boy, this guy's really – no. You really have to look at 11 kids that come to the football. And uh, right now, Coach Snyder, again, you, you think back to last year, in the past two years, 12-0 and in regular season play. All right, so with that, let me get to the game that I had on Friday night. And speaking of rankings – I think both these two teams qualify. 6A number two, Carmel. 5A number three, Cathedral. I have been a part of uh, watching, broadcasting, numerous Cathedral state champions or teams that were on their way to a state championship. Uh, and, and one of my best, uh, one of my great friends and one of the biggest mentors in my career, supposedly so looking for somebody to blame, you can blame this guy. Uh, Scott Eaker, uh, that has served as the voice of the Irish now for the better part of 15 years, I think, at this point, has, has headed up WICR radio at the University of Indianapolis. I think this is his 23rd year of doing that coming up because his first year was my freshman year. But in talking with Scott before the game, I had the game for ISC. Scott was doing the radio for Fox Sports 1260 in Indy. 
He said, this team does not have the star power of previous teams and let that marinate for a second. You know, Cathedral's had guys in the NFL dating back to Mark Clayton. Uh, currently, guys like Jack Doyle and Terry McLaurin qualify. Think about Jeremy Trueblood, Matthias Kiwanuka that were longtime NFL linemen. He goes, this team does not have that type of player yet from a star's standpoint. He goes, but in my year, so let's now shorten that window, a 15-year stretch, he goes, I think this is the deepest football team we have had. Wow. Uh, and I will confirm that by what I saw on Friday night. Uh, Cathedral put up 56 on a, a, a good, probably not a 6A top 10, but a solid 6A team in Westfield the week before. They put up 44 at Carmel. That doesn't happen. Um, Carmel has one of those scoreboards that shows the running total as far as offensive yards. The six lit up on the visiting side. 600 yards of offense in 48 minutes. They weren't using the run and shoot. They weren't going to the hurry up. And they weren't trying to run it up by throwing deep late in the game. 600 plus yards of offense. Cathedral wins 44-28 to uh, the Sunderated Carmel's credit. They made that game look closer than it was. Mm -hmm. It was 41-13. It was 44-13, in fact, uh, before Carmel scored a couple of late touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Bob, for the second week in a row, I tell you, hey, I'm not maybe surprised by who won. I'm surprised by the margin of victory in the game. And now back-to-back -back weeks, two of the Mick powerhouses of late, uh, you know, two of the last three state champs, Ben Davis and Carmel, have kind of been beaten up a little bit in their own buildings. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't, especially down there. I mean, my goodness, those programs, the way they have and handle things, it's always a battle when somebody comes in and knock it. And when, when it comes to, you know, certain programs, you're, they're going to lose multiple Division One kids every year. Just kind of expecting to restock. The notables for Carmel would be – uh, Ty Wise is now at IU, uh, linebacker, Cole Brevard, middle kind of defensive tackle, middle guard, if you will, uh, that's now at Penn State. Dylan Downing, outstanding running back that ran for over 1,200 yards last year. They did suffer heavy graduation losses, but it's Carmel. You just expect them to reload. <laughs> this is a cathedral program that was 9-3 and three last year, but ran into, ran into New Pal in the regional. And we're leading that game and kind of what, even though New Pal wasn't challenged a lot during the regular season, what New Pal showed in the postseason was they'd kind of let teams hang around in about the third quarter. Mm -hmm. They'd make one or two plays, you blink, and it's a three-score game. That's how it happened against Cathedral. That's how it happened against Valparaiso in the state championship game. This is, this is again, a, meant to be a compliment towards Cathedral. It's been six years since they won a state championship. That's a long time in the history of a, t of a program that's won a state championship 12 times in the less than 50 years that we have been competing for state titles in the IHSAA. So with that, you, heard, you and I talked about this last week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it almost every week on the show. This is as deep as the top of 5A has been. And you have heard me sing the praises of Valparaiso uh, the first couple of weeks of this show. Brother Bobby, I might be switching hymnals. Uh, I may be singing from the cathedral hymnal uh, at, at this point because, oh, my goodness, they were that good on Friday night. I mean, again, they beat the, they beat the defending state champs who probably aren't as good as they were last year, but still 600 yards at Carmel. That doesn't happen, Bob. No, it doesn't. And when you look at 600 yards, you start saying, 
my, oh, my, and you know how I am about the hogs up front. Uh, they must be extremely deep, and that's exciting. Okay, so this is going to make you smile or cry, depending on your perspective. <laughs> Cathedral's offensive line is entirely underclassmen. They are all juniors and lower. Uh, I, I have seen them have bigger offensive lines. Um, and, again, perhaps the best prospects of this group, we're talking about maybe not not a, a big Division One bunch. Sure. Uh, there's not a senior Division One commit on the roster now for football. They've got a really talented kid named Cam Jordan. This is a dying breed. Um, he's a three-sport kid at Cathedral. He is a football, basketball, baseball player. He's a baseball commit to the University of Louisville. So if he, <laughs> if he pursued football, maybe he's a Division One level kid. But as of now, no D1 verbals of their senior class. Their more talented kids are probably freshmen, sophomores, juniors. And so, again, this is a Cathedral team. And if I am doing the math correctly, regardless of what happens this fall, because they were sectional champs but not regional champs last year, they know they will be in 5A the next right. two years, even if they win the 5A championship. So 5A folks, uh, if the Irish were down by their own lofty standards, they're back. Believe me. You're talking about uh, their underclassmen, but the big thing I look at, Greg, is if they're putting that many yards on the board, uh, plain and simple, they are extremely uh, smart. And that's yep. the thing that a lot of people don't really look at, the intelligence of the hogs up front, because they do special scheming, and they got to make sure their timing is as impeccable as the quarterback throwing that quick out. Chris Farah, by the way, of the offensive lineman that I saw on Friday night is what stuck out to me. He had some Quentin Nelson-like qualities to him in terms of you notice when a guy is the pulling guard when he is as sizable as he is at 6'4", 275, but when he is leading a blocker and he's like, who am I going to hit? There's nobody here to hit uh, because they have gotten that far in front of everybody. I, I think he might have thought about hitting his own guys because he's wow. just trained to hit somebody, uh, you know, but, but he didn't. Cathedral's going to play Penn this week, um, which is great that those two schools are playing each other. They should. Um, and then they will play Chittard. Then they will host three consecutive powerhouses from Cincinnati here in Indianapolis. So Cathedral will be battle tested again. I'm not saying Cathedral's going to have a cakewalk in 5A because 5A is too good. You know, right. they will run into a good Decatur Central team uh, early in the tournament. Uh, they will see Zionsville at some point in the tournament, who is in 5A this year. New Pal's not going away. They beat Burbop in their season opener 28-8 to uh, on Friday night. Valpo's really good. And, really good. And that, that hasn't changed uh, in the 5A ranks. They beat Penn the opening weekend of the season. They start Doonland play this week, so the Vikings are good. And I know there's quality 5A teams in, in Fort Wayne as, as well. So, again, from Whiteland has a couple of good wins. They're in 5A, too. So, again, folks, the 5A tournament, this is the eighth year of 5A and 6A being yeah. separate. This is the best the 5A tournament is, is going to be to this point. I could, I could agree with you more, Greg. I, I think everybody's eyes are going to be on this because I truly believe not only coming out of central Indiana, but coming out of the region again in Fort Wayne. I mean, it's not going to be Snyder. It's not going to be a wait. It may be. Uh, Dwayne's looking at things again, right. the way they're playing. Uh, but there's another team mixing in there. Uh, and I got to bring this up. Is, and, and they're off to a 2-0 start. And they have been off to a 2-0 start in over 15 years. And that's Fort Wayne Northern. 
and they're playing awfully good football yeah, right man. now. So I think some people are going to start taking note of way the, the Brewers are playing right now in the sack. There's three teams undefeated up there. <laughs> it's Carroll. Well, hello. Dwayne, go figure. And Fort Wayne Northam, where'd you come from? By the way, head coach Jason Dorfler last yeah. week with their victory against Homestead yeah. was named the Indianapolis Colts coach of the week. So I want to make sure we congratulate him on that. Before we move further, yes. it's time for Baz and I to get paid. So with that, Lawrence Technological University is located in Southfield, Michigan. They offer 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field and even men's volleyball are some of the newest offerings. There's nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you've dreamed about it, then check this out. Go to ltuathletics.com. Click on the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champs Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, Baz, one of the things you and I talked about, uh, you referred to them as crossover games. I referred to them as arranged marriages uh, <laughs> last week. And that uh, and that, that would be games of teams that normally, like they couldn't find each other on a map. Uh, right. But they found each other to make sure they have a game. Um, two teams that deserve special recognition this week for what they did. Let's talk about Pioneer. 1A enrollment, 2A classification. Maybe you'd say 2A or 3A in terms of talent. They just beat 6A Chesterton at home, who, again, is a good – there's there's really no bad 6A teams. Yeah. Chesterton's a solid 6A team. Pioneer beat them 20-16. to Yeah, Pioneer jumped out to a quick lead in that ball game. Uh, Chesterton come back, took the lead 8-6, to and then uh, held the lead until late in the game. And let's not forget, a lot of people don't understand, Pioneer's been led by a freshman quarterback. So, the hell, oh, they, you, we talk about reloading, and we kid a lot about it, right? Uh, they replug in. I mean, they just plug in. Uh, they got a void. They find who's going to replace that, and they go. So, let's put this in perspective. Adam Barry, the head coach at Pioneer, his record is 54-3 and three yeah. since becoming the head coach. If you wondered, is there actually one person that has a better winning percentage than Kyle Raffel Newpal does in the state? The only other guy who would have something better is if you're a first-year coach, you're 2-0 to start the year. That's it. Uh, just ridiculous what Adam has done. And, again, now your tears are moved from Jack Kaiser, Walker, uh, and, and uh, Gingrich, and, and, and the right. great senior class that graduated a couple of years ago. So what's coming up next? Well, they were supposed to. Laville is not currently playing. And so who are they going to play now? New Haven is New making Haven. the drive over to Pioneer. And this is so cool to see a 6A school and a 4A school go play at a 1A program. This is really neat to me. I think the biggest thing it says is the respect those yes. programs have for Pioneer saying, we know we're not going to go over there and get a 54 to nothing game. We're going to go over there and be competitive with them, and we need to kind of use this game seriously as our own measuring stick to see where we're at on the chart. The other game, and, and this is the big rival of New Haven I'm going to reference, is going to be Leo. And again, right. Leo and New Haven have both been really good uh, over the course of the last few years. Well, Leo um, and Mooresville got together, and I think this game might have been announced on Wednesday – they played on Friday night. 
I don't know off the top of my head who Leo was supposed to play. I know who Mooresville was supposed to play. Mooresville was supposed to play Danville. That game got called off. Mooresville goes up and plays Leo. So these are two teams of similar classification, both being in 4A. And Mike Gillen, the third winningest coach currently in Indiana high school football, and I believe fourth all time, I believe, on that list. Uh, only Bud Wright, Ross, uh, and then Russ Radke of the guys currently doing it, and then Jerry Brewer of Jasper kind of fits into that group in terms of all-time wins. Um, Leo plays a tough offense. They're hard to scout and hard to prepare for in one day. And Mooresville makes that trip to the east side of Fort Wayne and wins by a couple of touchdowns. Hey. Pioneers are pretty good. Yeah, and, and one thing, uh, it, Leo's either going to play DeKalb or Angola in, in, over here on the east side, and, and both of them now are on precautionary status, as yep. I like to call it. So uh, that's where that game went. But I got to tell you this, I was looking at some things, and one game that sticks out in my mind, you talk about travel. But this was a scheduled game, I believe. I, I'm not 100% sure. Elkhart going to Columbus East. Oh, they might as well uh, charter jet. I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's a five-hour nut. What is it? Three and a half, four-hour bus ride down there. Good grief. So, and so, again, I, and Columbus East, um, let's, let's say they've had their way in their conference over the last couple of decades. Yeah. Uh, in the Hoosier Hills Conference, the Olympians – have won 90 consecutive conference games. Let me say that again to match the look on Baz's face, even though this is an audio-only podcast. 90 consecutive wins is what Columbus East has had in terms of conference play. So stepping out of conference play is probably a good thing for Columbus East, knowing that we'll get a, a challenge. That was a 6A team. Remember, folks, East is playing up in 6A for one more year because of the tradition factor. They'll probably go back to 5A next year. East did beat their rivals who are 6A in terms of Columbus North, beat them for the first time in four years in week number two, 35-31. Again, there are some uh, strange bedfellows this year as far as football is concerned uh, because of what's going on. I just love the fact that schools are being flexible. Right. Schools are finding people to play. And as Bob and I have said, if you can play, play. And if that means you've got to go to somebody else and somebody you never think about playing, this is a story you can tell for 50 years. I remember that one time we drove four hours to play a football right. game? I think that's a good thing. I agree 100%. And let's not forget, you talk about something different. Elkhart now with combining the two schools at Central Memorial, they just have one boy in their hood now. So that's why, why they got – there was a void here in the schedule, and that's why they're going down uh, with Columbus. But it's a great matchup. I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. Uh, we got some opportunities, and I hear so many coaches. I just think about Wabash two weeks ago going down to Monroe Central because McConaughey couldn't play. Now Monroe Central is on hiatus. Mm. So you just don't know when it's going to hit. Enjoy every week. That is the way we can simply put it. Bob, who you got this week? Well, this week we are going to be uh, someplace you're very familiar with it, uh, the, the surroundings down in the, in the mick with all these turf fields and everything. Well, Wabash up here, us farm kids up here in, in Wabash, well, they're getting a turf field, new lights, new scoreboard. Uh, so we're pretty excited. They are going to take on Manchester, not only a TRC foe, but a conference foe, I mean a county foe. So it's going to be a lot of fun at Wabash, opening alumni field. Uh, it's just going to be really an exciting day. 
You know, I, I knew that the turf field craze, uh, I wouldn't say it was here to stay. I've, I've known that for a decade. The first area was Center Grove about 15 years ago, and that kind of launched it for everybody. As one AD told me, it's the one thing that the, the football parents, the soccer parents, and the band parents can finally all agree on. Once you get turf, and once you get that many people using it, that turf's going to last about 10 years. Yes. So whatever they quoted you on how long that's going to last, say it with me, 10 years is what you've got in that turf before you then have to go get a new one. But the last wave of schools in kind of the metro indie area to get them were like the 2A schools. And I'm like, yeah, I think in the near future, every school will simply have turf that uh, grass fields are going to go out of the way of the dodo bird uh, at this point in time. So before, before we step away, let me tell you about my game that we've got. Yes. Warren Central and North Central. And our ISC Sports Network cameras have been there for this game a lot. We had them, had them in the postseason each of the last two years. Um, that was our – they were in different sectionals two years ago. They met in the regional – that sectional championship for Kevin O'Shea was the first at North Central in 25 years. Last year, North Central, because they were in the same sectional as Warren, didn't get out of the sectional. In fact, they were done the first night. But what North Central did a year ago was have a share of a conference championship in football for the first time since they joined the MIC, and that has been going on 20 years. North Central is 2-0. and um, They... Uh, uh, have a chance for a winning season for a third consecutive year for the first time since 2004 through 2006. They've got one of the best players in the state. He is playing both ways. Theron Johnson is his name. He is probably more of a defensive back going forward. He is already verbal to play at Northwestern next year. Wow. Exceedingly talented mm -hmm. player. Warren Central, uh, after being a great team two years ago, lost in the regional last year. They are talented, but they are young. They were blanked by Center Grove 20 to nothing last week. That game was supposed to be week one. Warren had several players in quarantine. They had enough to compete last week, but understandably against the team that I think is unquestionably the best in the state. Mm -hmm. Rough going for a young team. Um, North Central has not beaten Warren Central since 1999. 31 consecutive losses because they, they played – so frequently in the postseason yeah. uh -huh. in 20 years, they've met 31 times. You have to go back to the sectional semifinals of 1999, literally a different millennium ago for North central to have beaten Warren central. So North central will be in one sense, licking their chops, uh, thinking, Hey, this is our chance to finally get these guys. They've been close at times the last few years, but uh, it's been competitive but it's still been one-sided towards Warren. The other thing that I want to note for all of our crew at the ISC Sports Network, this is the first time that we will be on the North Central campus since the passing of a great man. Paul Logan, the director of athletics, uh, he shares a college alma mater with me. One thing we don't share is Hall of Fame status. He's got it at UND. Maybe I'll get it at some point in time down the road. But we lost Paul due to complications from COVID-19 back in April. It will be so weird for all of us at ISC to be there and knowing that Paul, in one sense, he's there with us, but he's not with us from a physical standpoint. Andy Elkins uh, is the new AD, was Paul's assistant. Mm -hmm. And that name sounds great for a college basketball fan. Yes, it's that Andy Elkins who's in the top 10 scoring all time in the history at the University of Evansville. Andy does a great job at North Central. I'm looking forward to going the game. 
it doesn't hurt that it's 10 minutes from my house, Bob. So I'm looking forward to that part of it too, but it should be a really good game. And of course, Baz and I will tell you about it. Uh, I'll come up on the show next week before we exit stage left. Anything else for God and country? Yeah, I just want to share share this with you too to everybody in Wabash County, our thoughts and prayer to Bill Cantrell, the first man ever elected to Wabash High School Hall of Fame passed away yesterday. Uh, the greatest athlete, arguably, in the history of Wabash County, uh, went to William Jewell, played in the first Alonzo Stag Bowl, drafted by the Cardinals. Billy Joe passed away in our thoughts and prayers with his family. Uh, really a great guy. Uh, as always, my friend, thank you so much. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, champ. Stay, stay safe. Have a good call. You too, buddy. Again, for Bob Stambazzi, this is Greg Rakestraw. We'll do this again next week. Thanks to our friends at Lawrence and Illinois University. You are listening to the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast. <laughs>